Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 23rd, 2014, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Bill's story. We are on page 13, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, I was to test my thinking. And today's readers are on the 12 steps, Janice M., 12 traditions, Laura, readers, Marita, Esther, Sally, Katie F., and the share ID number from yesterday, that's Wednesday, January 22nd, 5807. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 steps, please. And thank you, Leah, and good morning to everyone. These are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Janice. And I will now ask Laura to read the 12 traditions. 
Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., recovered in South Jersey. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Laura. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker's should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. You'll find us in Bill's story on page 13, the fourth paragraph down, beginning with, I was to test my thinking. And I will ask Marita to begin reading, please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita, recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure." Okay, so here is definitely a promise showing up for us um, and for Bill as he was recounting what um, Ebby was explaining to him about about maintaining a spiritual contact to begin to develop this um, 
this relationship with his higher power. So he's saying that um, that I am to test my uh, my thinking uh, based on this new God consciousness that we're all developing. And um, I know in my heart, when I'm asking, when I'm when I'm thinking about an action that I'm gonna that I'm gonna perform, or when I'm concerned about the next thing I need to be doing, I I can feel it in my heart when it's right or not. I can tell. I you know, I'll be thinking about it and it'll it'll make me wince and I'll know that that's not the direction I should be going in. Um and I I you know, I hadn't thought to do that in the past before this program. I hadn't thought to actually use the feelings that I would get from my from my heart to know what I should be doing. And when I don't know, I love the directions here. When I don't know what I'm doing, I'm to sit quietly and ask for directions and the strength to meet my problems as he would have me. This is such such common sense, but it's uncommon. It was not something that I was thinking of doing when I was gripped by fear or um, worried about what should be happening. I would just, my mind would just race around. So now I let go of that racing. And um, um, thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marita. Would anyone like to comment on the paragraph that was just read? This is Kim from Pittsburgh. I heard Kim. I heard Lauren. Anyone else? Judy B. And Judy B. Let's start there. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. So before, we saw that Bill took those action steps. Okay, he's learned the skill set of four through nine. So this is now he's starting to test it. This is our step ten. Um, someone's clanking uh, pots in the background, I think. Um, so we're going to test this consciousness. So this is step ten. So what I used to do is I used to read this step ten off the wall. It says continue to take personal inventory and when wrong, promptly admitted it. And what I thought step ten was was the second half. When I was wrong, I promptly admitted it. So I would just go around apologizing, thinking I was doing a step 10. What it's saying is continue to take personal inventory. This skill set that we've learned in 4 through 9 is supposed to be a part of our daily practice. The other thing that confused me is I was taught that step 10 was this checklist at night. And what I would do is I'd put down the reasons I was a good girl and the reasons I was a bad girl. And if the good girl stuff outnumbered the bad girl stuff, it was a good day. But what step 10 is, it's taking what we learned in 4 through 9 and it's applying it every day throughout the day. And why is that? Because we've been talking so much about how we're blocked from our higher power, we're blocked from our higher power, we're blocked from our higher power. We've done the action steps. We are now unblocked. We now have the God consciousness within. What gift? The obsession's been removed. We are now neutral around the food, and we can now look at life and ask God, how can I be helpful to you and my fellows now that I'm no longer obsessed with food? You know, to me, it's like if you go to nursing school and you spend that four years in nursing school and you learn all these skill sets and you have the time to do it. You're in a classroom. 
You're taking needles. You're learning to put it in an orange so that it mimics the skin. And eventually you're learning how to do an IV. You're learning about all the interactions of medications. You're learning about how to do wound care. But when do you really feel like a nurse? When you're in an emergency room and you hear an announcement, there's been a five-car pileup outside, and you have five patients coming in, and it has to be done now. Now, that's when the rubber hits the road. That's when you become a nurse. That's the same thing. We've learned the skills that we've taken the time to examine our past. We've looked where we're selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. And now we're testing it right now. Right now that jerk is in traffic. How are we going to handle it? Right now our boss is in our face. How are we going to handle it? Right now our husband is disappointing us. How are we going to handle that? This is where the rubber hits the road. And if we do not handle this, if we do not face this, if we, can, if we decide to heck with this skill set, I'm going back to my old behaviors, we are going to pick up again. Because that God consciousness within is going to be depressed as self comes up and that chatter is going to come over and over and it's going to tell us the only time we're going to get ease and comfort is with the food. So I'm going to end with, I sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. That step three decision we made to turn our life and our will over to God, we took the action step so that now we can make that decision a daily practice. Because what I want no longer matters. What I want got me misery in the food. I am now going to ask what God wants. I'm now going to ask for his direction and his strength. And what I find is when I do that, I become happy, I become joyous, and I become free. So you've got to ask yourself, how free do you want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Lauren. Hi, Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, recovered compulsive overeater. <clears throat> the word conscious, consciousness jumps out at me in this paragraph. And like was said, this paragraph is discussing steps 10 and 11. So the word conscious is in step 10. I was to test my thinking by the new consciousness with it. Conscious means inward. Inward attentiveness, inward direction, your inward will. And I love the, um, the part in this book. There are two parts where our troubles of, are of our own making, are of our own making, and the power of God is within us. However that God is defined, it's within us. The solution is rests deep, deep within us. So the new God consciousness within, um, all I have to do is make my sandals of leather. Even though the roads might be bumpy, sandy, I don't know, filled with tar, I just have to work on my own sandals. My own sandals while the roads are unpaved. Now that is, I'm, I'm trying to reference a parable I learned during the third step, um, but step 11, I was to sit quietly, one in doubt, um, and then here Bill discusses what, what I was taught was the proper attitude of prayer, the proper attitude of prayer. Never was I to pray for myself. So this, this is jumping ahead. This is jumping ahead. But when I do my um, 11th step every morning and night, 
there is a uh, part in the book on page um, page eighty uh, in page eighty four to eighty eight where they ask you know what the proper attitude is oh oh here we go eighty six it works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So often I've wondered, what, what, what does that mean? What's, what's the proper attitude? What does that mean? And they tell us on 87, we ask especially for freedom from self-will and I'm careful to make no request for myself only. I may ask for myself, however, if others will be helped. We're never, we're careful never to pray for my own selfish ends. So, um, Bill's story, he's, he's explaining to us how he practices his step 10 and his 11 whenever he was newly recovered. And uh, his, his recovered date is December 11th, 1934. Uh, and thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Let's move on with Judy B. now. Judy B., go ahead and comment. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. I just love this paragraph. It just sticks out in my big book because I have it totally bracketed, and right beside it I have, when in doubt. And I I know exactly what to do when I'm in doubt or when my thinking is not uh, rational and sane. I I know exactly what to do. This big book gives us such precise directions on how to live our our new life with this God consciousness. You know, um, sometimes my thinking is not exactly where I want it to be, and I, I know now how that can change. I just, I ask God to be my director, and, and I ask him to, uh, help me with what's going on in my head. You know, I just sit quietly and allow him to take over, just to direct all. And um, I, I just think this is just such precise directions that it and it works. You know, it's what it's what we need to do to stay in this in this life of 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 victory. Um, I guess I don't have too much more to say about it. It's just so clear to me that this is this is what we do, and this is how, you know, I want to live my life each day. And that that sitting quietly with God just solves so many problems. And and the truth is, as we um, just because we're recovered, and just because we go through the steps and we get to this point. We do have problems. Life, life goes on. And, and this book tells us what to do about them. You know, just to, to trust God and to sit quietly, and we will be directed. It's just so clear, and I'm just so grateful to know this. And I just pray that God will help me to um, let others know that this works and that it can happen for everyone. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this this fellowship and to be studying this book with all of you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Who else would like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? 
I heard Bella. I heard Paula. Who else is wanting to come in? Helena. Okay, let's go with Bella, Paula, and then Helena. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Leah. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Leah, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph, and I see the miracle. I see the miracle that uh, happened to me and can can happen to everybody else. Uh, before the program, I I was so much self-centered, and I wanted the whole entire world should act and believe and talk and think exactly the way I want. And if it didn't happen, so it was... It was dangerous. And then when I found myself going to the food. And now, thank God, thank God, I I am self-centered in a positive way. What means self-centered? I am powerless. I don't want a control. I know that I am here as God's agent. I am here to do God's service. Thy will, not mine, be done. I am here... To, to do what God wants for me. I, I am here to, to give. And it's, it's, it's a miracle. It's a wonderful thing that as much as I give, I get. And it's not a one, one way street. It's not only I am giving, I am giving. No, no. As much as I give, I get. Because I know I am giving not what I want to. I am giving what God gave me to give to others. I am, I am not, I, I don't want the control. I don't want to control. I am here as a messenger, as, as, as a messenger to do God's will and not mine. And it's so, so peaceful and so wonderful that it's, it's a miracle that I, I, I want and I, I choose to live my life this way. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Paula, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Leah, for your service. This will be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Over Eater. I'm going to zero in on this line. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, right there, the transformation. You know that chapter, Into Action? Well, see, it was into my action. It wasn't into God's action. I had no doubt. I thought I knew the right way. Not only did I know the right way for me, I knew the right way for you. But there it came. To sit quietly when in doubt, the miracle. Asking only in here another transformation. Finally asking for direction. I was like a bull in a china, cl- a china shop. Honey, I turned this way, this would break. I turned that way, that would break. Inwardly, I was breaking. So here I got direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me, not as I would have them. They were going to be there. That was evident. That was life. But as he would have me, there again the transformation. But I want to scoot on down to that last line. Then only might I expect to receive. Only then. Hear the stipulation. It was to be others first. There the total transformation. But then it said, I might expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. 
Notice he didn't use good measure or just measure. I mean, he was very specific here. Great measure. And they're the truth. We always end with, on 164, countless others you can't count. In the measure, I wonder, even there, because it wasn't for me anymore. I had received so much and continue to. And I thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Helena, your turn. Good morning. This is Helena in South Jersey. Um, I am really struck by this. It sounds as if um, Abby, in the paragraph before, it says, my schoolmate, is giving Bill an overview from now on out to this is how you're going to be living your life. Abby is telling Bill this is what's going to happen. And we will see on the next couple of pages that Bill has to make a decision um, that this is not going to be easy. Uh, he's going to say it's simple but not easy, and a price has to be paid. And the price is right here. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. I'm struck how this is uh, touched on again and again and again. Selfishness and self-centeredness have caused my problems, and never am I to pray again for myself. And this is simple, but not easy. I'm thinking of step three, where I always focused on take away my difficulties, and I completely ignored the all, all the other parts about because this is going to help others. And what was already referenced in step 11 about we do not pray for ourselves except where others may be helped. And then there was that little uh, thing at the end of the paragraph that said uh, it doesn't work to pray for ourselves. And you can easily see why. And I used to say, but I can't easily see why. Why can't I pray for myself? And the answer is, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It brought me to food. When I was selfish and self-centered, that was the root of my trouble. And it brought me to eat compulsively and to be totally powerless and unable to stop. And here we are, a beautiful overview of what is to come. And here it sounds as if Bill has another decision to make. Will he go forward? Is he willing to go forward in this way for the rest of his life? We know that it says on page 15, the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. Pressure and difficulty will continue. Calamities will come. There will be good times and there will be bad times. And here is, in this simple paragraph, the way that we will be dealing with it if we want to live life successfully. Pass. Helena, I share? Thank you, Helena. I heard Larry and then Zeldi. Go ahead, Larry. Oh, thanks, Leah. Sorry for stepping, stepping all over you there. Um, Larry, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Just briefly, there's been some great sharing this morning, and I, I really appreciate this, uh, this particular paragraph. You know, it says, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as you would have me. Do never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on the usefulness to others. Then <clears throat> only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. That, that's been my experience. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I'm asked, and I, and I, and I just, anything that I've learned, it's been, you know, it comes from God and, and from others that have sort of paved the way. 
<clears throat> and one thing that I share that I want to share this morning is not just what we do or not just a reiteration of what was said, but how do I do it? And I'll tell you how I did it this morning. You know, I, I uh, you know, I get up when I, when I pray and I say, God, you know, I'm scared this morning because that's, that's what I was feeling. Um, I mean, not, you know, not overly so, but I had some fears. I don't know about you, but I, I woke up with some, some fears. And I mean, I had a beautiful night with my daughter. We went to see a play. So it's not rational. I don't, I don't know why I had fears. I, I went to bed without fears. And I said, God, I'm scared this morning. How can I be of service to you today? You know, how can I help others who are still suffering in this disease? I, I ask questions in my prayer. Who do I ask questions of, of? Of God, this power greater than myself. You know, how can I align my will with yours, God? Help me to be kind and loving to others today. I've been feeling insecure, you know, in my job, relationship. Um, and, and, and this seems to be getting in the way of my use to you, God. Help me to be peaceful in the midst of, of this insecurity as I try to do your will. I mean, this, this is, this is the, you know, I could tell you, preach in a sense, you know, what we should do and reiterate. And, and it's all very necessary. But that, in practice, what do I do? How do I apply it? And it works. When I ask those questions, those prayerful questions, all I can say, I don't know why it works. You know, I, I have to remind myself, I don't know why, and I don't really care why. I just know that it does. When I pray in that way, not petitioning, I mean, look, I, I'm, you know, I have fears. I have anxieties. I have, you know, I got, I got stuff, you know, in my life. But I want to be of service to you today, God. I want to help others. Why do I want to help others? Not just because, um, you know, carrying the message or doing for others, you know, will bring me something. Of course it will bring me something. I, I acknowledge that. It really is, you know, in, in today's vernacular, a win-win, okay? But it, of course I acknowledge that, but I get so much back. And when I ask those questions, not just in the morning, but I, I set the tone in the morning. When I ask, when I sit quietly and meditate, I do this. this. We practice this. We practice this every day. And when I ask those questions, it's amazing how God puts me, people in my life. It's crazy. You know, I, I don't have to ask for, you know, put this or help, you know. Um, I used to my prayers when I would sit quietly, God, I can't put the food down for another minute. I, I'm so hungry. I'm so... You know, and, and, and then I would just keep being hungry and I, and I would just keep, I kept picking up the food and I, God, I, you know, I, I just asked for, I petitioned God for things for me he, and I was well-intentioned, but they never came. That's just my experience about this. I just know that I want to share my experience with that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Zeldi, your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Zeldi from New Jersey, currently in Newton, Massachusetts, and um, just incredibly grateful. Um, you know, this is such a powerful um, piece because I really struggle with this. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning and I tell God, um, you know, please help me. And, I, and I, I realize that I do it in a selfish way. I say, please help me that... Um, you know, my children, should, everything should work out smoothly. There's you know, things that should work out for me. And you know what? Maybe God doesn't want it that way. Maybe he wants me to be challenged this morning because he knows that I have that inner strength, you know, to, to work through and to accept his will. Maybe my children need to be 
who they need to be as, as, as teenagers and toddlers, you know, to be themselves. And, you know, it, it's selfish of me to ask God, you know, to make it easy for me that they should behave. Um, whatever whatever ha- takes place in my home is all that God wants. And um, when I get frustrated and irritable that my children are not behaving the way I want them to be, like, you know, like a motorized, um, you know, car, you know, like a remote control car, you know, push it here, push it there, okay, monkey say, monkey do. You know, I'm being selfish, and I am so selfish. And that's when I get triggered because things are not going my way, and that's when I want to, that's when I want to think about the food. So um, I need to practice, you know, waking up in the morning and saying, God, I am your servant. However you make my day go, please help me, you know, go according to that um, and accept it with happiness and accept it as, you know, being a servant of you, of what you want, where you want me to be and what you want me to experience um, because that's where my growth is. And um, it's, it's perpetuous to, like, become angry at my children, you know, for not behaving the way I want them to. I need to practice patience, tolerance, selflessness, honesty with myself. You know, where am I really at? Am I... Am I being honest that I'm being there for my children or am I being honest that I'm being there for myself? And um, I really need to look at that. I really, really need to look at that. And, you know, I was, um, I'm here for a week on winter break and I was staying at a friend's home who's in program and I see no self-pity. I see we share a lot. We both have especially children. We have a lot of things in common. And she just does things that she needs to do. And she goes to court, she gives, I see how she's practicing it. You know, whatever God, whatever you say, God, she just goes according to life, you know, according to God's terms. That's true modeling for me. And um, she doesn't fight it. And that's why she has 20 plus years of abstinence, back-to-back abstinence, recovery. And she lives every moment and God's will is just so incredibly powerful. And I feel so blessed that God has sent me here to really see that. It's what a blessing. What a blessing to be able to, you know, come to somebody's house with abstinence and to see the life, to see that kind of life, to see that you gain so much freedom by letting go, by doing God's will. Thank you so much for allowing me to share in the past. Thank you very much, Seldy. My name is Leah. I'd like to comment for a moment here. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Test my thinking. You know, this process of the steps has awakened my spirit. And um, all action is born in thought. All action in born in thought is born in thought. So, you know, if my thinking is distorted, if my thinking is twisted, if my thinking is mal-aligned 
uh, and out of alignment with God, with my higher power, then my actions are going to reflect that. So here comes step 10, you know, where I get a daily opportunity um, to examine my thinking. In step 10, since that thinking is so critical, uh, you know, my mind can't be guided by my intellect. I need my mind to be guided and governed by something uh, much greater, much higher than my intellect. I, I need a spirit-guided mind. But if I'm burdened down uh, by any resentment or any fears, um, then that will obviously block that spirit from being manifested within me. So in step 10, we consciously get to examine our daily contact and conduct. And of course, I get to confess my wrongs um, when it's necessary. Because, you know, I don't know about you, I, I know for me, unmanageability is an internal condition for someone like me, not an external condition. External conditions were never the remedy for my internal condition called compulsive overeating. I am the biggest obstacle to a better world, <laughs> you know, um, but the 12 steps removes those barriers of resentment and fear and inconsiderate habits, and my thinking as time passes is more and more on the plane of inspiration. It's more and more in touch with this power of God. However, I have to keep it current. I have to keep a current experience with God. Every day I'm developing new past. <laughs> and if that past is getting, um, you know, built up with spiritual sludge of, uh, you know, resentment and, and fears and anxieties and worries of the future and, uh, you know, all, all the impediments that block me, then uh, that light is not going to be able to warm my soul. That light of God is not going to be able to warm my soul. So, again, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. How do I keep that clean? Well, the, the uh, program of recovery, particularly Step 10, 11 and 12, which we'll develop in a little bit, we get to plunge the depths of these disturbances and of these annoyances and clear away any of those uh, impediments and barnacles that clog that channel. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful process. You know, I, I like to think of the 12 steps as, uh, and spirituality in general as the art of remaining undisturbed. I get an opportunity to remain undisturbed. Because unsupervised, my mind consists of a talkative, rowdy, unorganized group of personalities with no apparent plan. Uh, they just want all their needs met. But in contrast to that surrounding noise, in the deepest part of me, in the last place I would have thought of looking, um, is this center of calm, is this fundamental idea of God where I can enjoy a life of peace and joy and serenity and freedom. Higher power, my higher power resides there, uh, but I have to make sure that channel is clean, and Step 10 does, does the job. And with that, we're going to pass on to the next, move on to the next paragraph, please, with Esther. Good morning. My name is Esther, a recovered compulsive reader in Canada. 
My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator and that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. This paragraph is is a beautiful and uh, concise description of what the program of recovery requires and what I can expect, what it's offering, what I can expect subsequent to doing that. So I needed to believe that God has the power to remove my problem and remove and I need to remove whatever blocks my connection to God, right, who's the source of my power, and to keep that connection free of blockages. And what's the promise of this new relationship with my higher power? I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Wow, that's a, quite a hefty promise. All my problems? I mean, this is there. there's even a fuller description of what our lives will be like on the bottom of page 83 and the bottom of page 84, which are also known as the ninth and tenth step promises. These are amazing promises, and all I need to do to to have this way of living is to establish and maintain a relationship with my higher power. It sounds pretty simple to me, but it's it's simple but not easy. And this paragraph teaches me what will help me to do that. What is going to be the key that will open the door to that way of living? He writes here: willingness, honesty, and humility. Sometimes we also uh, refer to them as honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. So not brains, not intelligence, not personal charm, not any other natural gifts or anything like that. That's not what's going to open the doors for me or help me along here or grease the way. If this promise of a new way of life continues to be out of reach for me, so then it, it's time that I need to take a good hard look at my own willingness, honesty, and humility and to see if maybe one of those I could change the way I'm doing things and that way I'll be able to continue to uh, maintain that connection with my higher power to keep those blockages clear and to, to to live this way that Bill is beginning to live now, right? The elements of living, a new way of living, which answered all my problems. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Janice? Janice? Sally? I heard Janice. Who else? Sally? Hi, Sally? Hiya. Let's go with those three. Go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you, Leah. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. What a paragraph this is. This is all highlighted because it's it, it's it's the whole point of this book. This is the point. The main objective of this book is his. my friend, of course, we know is Ebby and was a sponsor, he said, when these things, what things? Well, he's talking about the steps. When these, and it's a promise, he promised his friend, when these things, that means all the steps are completed, when I complete all these steps, the result is going to be that I'm going to have a new relationship. Well, my old relationship isn't like it is today. It's brand new because my higher power, whom I choose to call God, through a spiritual awakening and the result of these steps, is my new defense. Because when I came in, I was the power. And, of course, I lacked the power. That was my problem. And, you know, if you ever want a reference to it on page 45, I love it. It says, lack of power was our dilemma. We had to find a power. 
by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But while, where and how would we find the power? Well, this is where we find the power, through this process of these 12 steps. You know, because what was the real problem with me? Me, like Leah said. I was the problem, yeah. The food was a manifestation of, of myself. I self-imposed my crisis by how I wanted to think and how I wanted to act. So it's just a beautiful, you know, if you say, what is this book all about? Well, it's a book about finding results, having a spiritual awakening as a result, and finding a new power. Now I have a defense that I can call on before I was without defense. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. And Sally, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sally, a um, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Um, this is one of my favorite paragraphs in the book, and I often um, bring people to this place um, in, in just sharing with them. It starts by saying, my friend promised when these things were done, and yes, of course, as Janice has shared, we just finished reading on this whole page, we see uh, parts of the 12 steps. Um, uh, we see clearly eight and nine. Uh, we made a list of people I had hurt or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. And so we see clearly um, step eight and nine. And... Um, so when we get to this bottom paragraph, my friend promised when these things were done, I think he's referring not just to the steps, but I think he's also referring to what we just read a moment ago. It's where it says um, that I was to sit quietly, that's pause, and when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength and prayer. And we see that again on bottom of page 87. We see as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. So we see almost the exact same sentence constructed again on page 87 in the chapter Into Action, which I think is interesting. But I love this paragraph because it goes on to say, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. This is very key words for all of us because we know the solution is in finding and developing a relationship with my creator. I often say to people that that's the goal, that we would turn to God, that we would, we would look to one hand, that our fingers would be wrapped around the hand of God in God's hand, as opposed to turning to a fork. And when we see this, these words, a new relationship with my creator, I'm reminded of a few places, page 28 and 29. Um, page 29 tells us, not that, let me read the sentence, page 29, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God, not the way he became sober. They don't, they're telling us that in the stories that are going to follow, the 164 pages, is they're going to tell us how these people established their relationship with God. Every morning we read page 164 and we see again the word relationship. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. The great fact 
is that in finding a relationship with our higher power, in developing that relationship, that's where our healing will take place. At the end of the sentence here, at the bottom of page 13, would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. There's a semicolon. Now they're going to tell us how we do that, that I would have the elements of a way of living, which answered all my problems, belief in a power of God. It's like a mathematical equation, plus enough willingness, just enough, doesn't have to be complete, but enough willingness, honesty, and humility. The word humility, I memorized this from the Big Book Dictionary because I think it's so valuable. The word humility means the absence of pride, self-pride, self-will, and self-assertion. So we need to have a belief in power plus willingness, honesty, and humility. And it goes on to tell us that these are the essential requirements to maintain the new order of things. These were the essential requirements. And so we're being told that these are the elements and these are the essentials. For what? For what it takes to develop a new relationship with my creator. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Haya, your turn. Hi. Hi, thanks, Lake. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Sometimes it's remute. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Haya, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in, Dal- in, Dal- in Denver, Colorado, with beautiful, fresh snow. Um, this is my experience. This is my experience. What they just described in this paragraph has absolutely, unequivocally been my experience through going through the process of the steps. In this fashion, with the understanding, a better understanding than in the past when I did go through the steps, um, I didn't fully, fully understand the problem within the context of compulsive eating. And... um, the other piece was that I didn't fully, fully get, for some reason, whatever, whatever God's reason was, the essential, the essential, and when I speak with passion, it's just because of, it's my experience, I'm not, I'm not uh, preaching, I'm just, just excited about um, what happened to me, which is that the, um, through living and the understanding that it's been essential for me to live this way of living, right? I think Sally alluded where it doesn't say this way of eating. It didn't say this way of drinking or this way of not drinking or this way of not eating. It said this way of living. Um, these were the essential requirements. Again, you know, we very often hear, oh, there's no requirements in OA, right? Because the only requirement is a desire to stop eating compulsively, but we know that that's just to be in the fellowship, that there are requirements to recover, and the essential requirements are gaining the skill set, you know, making the decision, gaining the skill set of four through nine, and then living in steps 10, 11, and 12. And I have to say, and particularly in step 11, and, you know, having the awakening and then developing this relationship on a daily basis through um, the instructions on pages 86 and 87, and, you know, upon awakening and in the evening review has, this has been my experience. I have gained a deeper connection, um, a deeper relationship with my creator. And um, I had a relationship with my creator, um, not when I very first came to the 12-step programs. I didn't at all. I'm, I'm truly someone who came to believe. But I did have a relationship 
you know, when I started going through the steps this in this fashion, thanks to this meaning. And this has been my experience. And, you know, a lot of times we hear people say abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. And what I learned is that no, 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 no. My relationship with my higher power is the most important thing uh, in my life today without exception. And in order for me to have that relationship and have that, that um, pipe unclogged, have a clear channel, um, I must be out of the food. But that's just the beginning, the big book tells us. And I am so grateful. You know, just a, a, an example of, you know, my daughter is in Israel for the year. Her phone broke. I'm trying to find a phone. I'm not sure what to do. I'm going to buy a phone. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all this stuff. And to be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to sit when in doubt, ask God what to do. And that never fails, never fails. Now, it is a work in progress because sometimes I forget to pause. And um, But when I do, it's just amazing what happens. This is my experience. An experience is only something, is something that only a person can actually have when they go through it. You don't know what you don't know. Um, and I'm so grateful that today I know and I look forward to continuing getting to know my higher power even better on a daily basis because I believe that's what this deal is all about. Thanks so much for letting me share. And welcome to anyone who's new. Uh, it's a very exciting journey. Thanks. Thank you, Kaya. We have about two minutes left. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, I would like to. Marianne? Marianne, your turn. Okay, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Marianne. I'm a grateful recovering a compulsive overeater one day at a time in Florida. Believe in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were essential to require uh, requirements. And it says it's so beautiful that if I have uh, enough willingness and honesty and humility, you know, in, in front of God, then then this wonderful program will work. But I must have that willingness and honesty and pray for that every day in order to keep it. And I thank everyone on the line, and thank you for letting me share. Thank and you. I anyone else? This is Penny C. Leia. Penny, wrap it up for us. Okay, I'm just going to read something from a plaque that Dr. Bob kept on his desk in, um, in his office, and it's about humility. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me, and when I am blamed or despised, it is to have a blessed home in myself where I can go in and shut the door and pray to my Father in secret and be at peace as in a deep sea of calmness when all around and about is seemingly trouble. Thank you. Thank you, Penny, and thank you to everyone who participated this morning in the meeting. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Sally, will you please read a vision for you? Yes, Leah. <clears throat> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation 
what you can do each day for the man who is still sick, the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.